I want to share, um, my comments will be brief with our time being short, but I share these around the events of this day and leading up to it because it's really what sort of spoke to me. It has to do with the word blessed, a word that gets used in a variety of ways. We see someone who's done well, we say, wow, they're blessed. Sometimes a person may say they're blessed with good health or they're blessed with grandchildren. Thank you, Glenn. Maybe a team is having a great season. We say they're blessed with talent. Now, I want to note that no one is saying that about the Reds this year. They are saying that about the Cubs. So, But to say one is blessed is a tricky thing because it implies that you can only be blessed if good things are happening. For example, you've never heard anyone say this, quote, yep, I heard they lost their job, wrecked their car, kids walked out on them, and their dog ran away. Boy, they are very blessed. We very rarely hear that. But maybe in many ways, they are blessed because it has nothing to do with the circumstances, but it has everything to do with the reality in which we live. And that reality is that God is constantly with us regardless of what happens. That God is continually loving us regardless of what happens. That even though I may be scared or anxious or afraid or hurt or angry, it doesn't change who God is. It doesn't change how God feels about me or about us. And in that way, I am blessed. And I live in that blessed experience of being in God's presence daily. Henry Nouwen was a, uh, a writer who has passed away that wrote a, a book called Becoming the Beloved. He wrote it to a friend who was struggling with his faith. And here's what he had to say about blessing. To give someone a blessing is the most significant affirmation we can offer. It is more than a word of praise or appreciation. It is more than pointing out someone's talents or good deeds. It is more than putting someone in the light. To give a blessing is to affirm, to say yes to a person's belovedness. And more than that, to give a blessing creates the reality of which it speaks. And I hope you heard that, which is so true. Our words really do create the reality in which they speak. The more we bless folks, the more we speak words of deep love and appreciation and value, we create a reality. The more we do the opposite, we create that too. A blessing touches the original goodness of the other and calls forth his or her belovedness. See, I think Henry Nouwen reminds us that we're meant to be more than a mutual admiration society that, dis- that dispenses a simple thank you or I appreciate you, as good as that is. We are meant to acknowledge the value and the belovedness of one another. And through that, we literally touch this, as he calls it, original goodness of each other. And in doing so, we become what is called a blessed community, which is actually a phrase that Thomas Kelly, a Quaker writer, coined to be this blessed community, this faith community, in which we not only live under the blessing of God's love and care and goodness, we share that with others and we pass it on to others. Mary Walton, who is a Quaker, described this blessed community this way, though, and I love her definition, if you will. Quote, The Quaker meeting is meant to be a blessed community a living testimony to this social order that embodies peace, 
justice, love, compassion, and joy, an example and invitation to a better way of life. Community can be this prophetic call to the rest of society. Now, for me, this is this wonderful invitation, but yet significant challenge, to be this living testimony to a social order, a way of life that embodies peace and justice or love, compassion, and joy. In other words, we don't just talk about it. We don't just study it. We live it. We practice it. We offer it. And as we live it and offer it, we become this living example and invitation to this better way of life. This community of people literally models this. It's kind of like we are on display, if you will, in a positive way. To be able to say to the world, this is how God intended humanity to live. And we're trying our best to do it right here. And if you want to experience it, be part of this. And if you want to take it out into the rest of the world, let's practice it here and let's take it out there. When I think of this simple vision for what it means to be church, this faith community, I think of Paul's vision of the faith community. As a body where all the parts are necessary, the eye, the hand, the nose, the arm, the ear, and so on. All the parts have a different role to play but they're all necessary. There's not a single part that is not needed. All are important. And then Paul adds this beautiful phrase. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance and the celebration. Church should be that place where when we hurt, we don't hurt alone. Church should be that place when when we need healing, we don't do it alone. It should also be that place where life is not a competition. If something good happens to us or something good happens to around us, we can share it and everybody rejoices with us. Rather than maybe something good happening to somebody and me in the back pew or someone in the back pew muttering, well, I bet they knew somebody. Let us rejoice with each other and celebrate each other. This morning, we're truly being the church and the blessed community. This morning, we celebrate and we enter into the exuberance, if you will, with Lee and Blair and Clay and the play Saw as they take that next step into their spiritual journey, this next step of faith, becoming members of this faith community. We rejoiced with Glenn when he shared about his, his uh, great-grandchild. Great-grandchild. I mean, you Quakers have come a long way to clap, and I'm, I'm really impressed with you. I mean, first time I got here, you were really trying to figure out how to take this hand and this hand and put it together. And, and then we had to go to ministering council and get it approved, and no, we didn't. My tongue was really in my cheek here, but I'm being very tender here, but I'm saying, you know, at some point, Moments, it's okay. We celebrate with each other. This morning, though, we hurt with Don Hall and his family as we share in the grief of Nina's passing, and we journey with you over the next few days. This past Thursday, folks gathered for a couple hours in our meeting to continue discerning our way forward in relationship to North Carolina yearly meeting. And in all the conversations and all the sharings, there was listening. There was mutual respect. There was love for one another. There was love for Deep River Friends. And there was this deep love for God and God's intent for this meeting. 
And I have to tell you, after two hours, I walked away saying, this is one of the best monthly meetings I've ever been to. It seemed in a very paradoxical kind of way, but there was deep sharing, and there was deep listening, and there was deep understanding, and there was this ability to say to each other, we may all come from different ways and different places, but we really want to make this work here. We may be different, but that's okay. I wouldn't recommend having one every month for two hours, but it was good. In all the conversations and sharing, there was this hunger to be this place of celebration, this place of blessing for one another. And in these instances, we are this blessed community, not because it's all always easy, but because we live continuously in the presence of God's goodness and grace, and that reminds us of our own belovedness and how we can share it. Maybe this is what those words meant when God spoke to Abraham years ago, years ago. He said, I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. I'll go back to Henry Nouwen, and he writes this. Claiming your own blessedness always leads to this deep desire to bless others. It is remarkable how easy it is to bless others, to speak good things to and about them, to call forth their beauty and truth when you yourself are in touch with your own blessedness. The blessed one always blesses, and people want to be blessed. There's a very tangible power that happens when you're in a faith community, in a worship setting, when we're together, and we are blessing one another, and we realize we are the beloved. I think we just want to go out and share that with others. I think we just want to be that for others. And that is one of the greatest witnesses that we can give when we are that kind of person for others. You know, this is a society, and you well know it. There's a lot of cursing. I don't mean cussing. I just mean speaking ill of one another. There's a lot of accusing. There's a lot of dividing. There's a lot of blaming. There's a lot of demonizing. We get all we need. We don't need more of that. What we need are these places of blessed communities, people who have so opened themselves up to the love of God that they in turn radiate and share that love with those around them. And we become an alternative way to be in this world than what we constantly and continuously see. And when people come in, they see a different thing than what they see in the world. Hurting with one another, suffering with one another, rejoicing with one another, celebrating with one another, and loving and blessing each other. Let's be that blessed community.